0: Welcome to today's episode. Today we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine, a model, a former Suicide Girl hopeful, and a beginner in the world of kink, Miss Raya Speaks. Hope you guys enjoy the interview. All right, we are back with another episode of Everyday Kink. And of course, it is now time... For our interview, we have another guest. Now, this guest is very near and dear to my heart. She, she's like a day oneer. Back when, for those who shot with me, you know, I now primarily shoot in my living room when I'm not in the studio or outdoors. But when I first started, and I had like the cheapo, like always on lights that didn't flash, we did all of our shoots in my bedroom. <laughs> And I remember you know sprawling out all the clothes on the floor and then making a nice little square, so we had an area to kind of pose and do all that stuff with. Um, and it's been like one of, the, one of the few people the first few people that give me that had me on the suicide Girl site with stuff. This is the very lovely, the very talented, the very amazing. Raya, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: It's, I'm doing good. You guys will understand how, how long this has been in works. So we used to shoot a lot, and then we started doing like once every couple of months, and then it turned to like once a year. So this is our yearly shoot, so I figured since I have her here for our yearly shoot, I'm going to get her in on the podcast thing, because she's thinking about dipping her toe in, so I figured, you know, why not do a podcast with me, see what it's about. So how have you been?
1: I've been good. I've been working.
0: <laughs> working a lot. So for people who who may be wondering, you took a break. Yes. Now you don't have to go into too much detail, but what made you want to take your break?
1: I guess I just wanted to take time away from the photography and modeling world and uh, so I could find out where I wanted to stick with it, what I wanted to drop, and where I felt like I really fit in.
0: Makes sense, makes sense. Now, what brings you, what brings you back?
1: What brings me back is this is my community. <laughs> uh, this has always been a thing. It's like a self-care thing. It's a really big self-care thing for me. I, I realize um, it, it's not the same when I, when I take pictures myself.
0: Now, this is so funny because we're both big John Wick fans. So I want to quote like a John Wick line like, if you dip so much of a toe back in, Jonathan, there'll be something ready to pull you back into the nest.
1: And that's so funny. Because <laughs> when I thought about coming back into my like, all I kept thinking of is the part... In the movie where he's locked up in the church, they have him tied down to the chair, and he's yeah. like, "Everyone keeps asking me if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer." <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm yeah,
1: back. thinking I'm back.
0: <laughs> so we just finished our we just finished our shoot. We did like a lot of a lot of good looks. We did, I think, we ended up doing this one, two, three, somewhat fashion looks, and then two more more. More in your face looks As you guys know that's one of my specialties Um But the reason why I have her on the show Is because she Has been dipping her toes Into the world of kink and BDSM Just dipping little dips Dip 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 And so She's at the point where she knows what things are But not by their name But if you explain it she would understand, so. I'm right, I'm right there with
1: you.
0: Yeah, so I want to ask you, what made you? And she already gave me a little answer to this, but I I, I want to save the rest the stuff. The
1: friend answer. Yes,
0: I want. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I saved it for the interview. What What first got you interested in BDSM? I mean, I feel like I've always been
1: interested in BDSM. I just wasn't always comfortable with sharing that with other people.
0: And why not? Because it was
1: taboo. Nobody talked about it. Nobody wants to do it. Everyone thinks it's like this crazy white person thing. It's so not. It's like... It's an exchange of control.
0: Oh. You guys, remember I talked about this. I talked about this exchange of control and power. You got... I'm trying to educate you. So... As a, as a black person who does, a, uh, uh, a lifestyle that's more considered white dominated or white only,
1: mm-hmm.
0: did you feel like a hesitation trying certain things, or was it like, I'm amongst my people. Let me see, what I can get into. It was more like the second option.
1: I was, uh, so. We were talking about it previously, but I have done the quiz. Um, No matter how many times I took it, voyeurism was always 100%, and experimentalism was always 100%. So I am very open. I'm very willing to try something, or at least watch somebody do it once before I decide, okay, yes, that's for me. No, that's not for me. Because I know there's not a lot I have tried, but i'm still knowledgeable about certain things so and i'm a visual learner so sometimes for me seeing it is what's gonna get me to okay yeah that's dope i would definitely do that or nah you can have that (laughs) like i don't remember who said it to me but it stuck with me for like years every freak has their limit there's always gonna be something you look at and it you give it the side eye, so yeah. I just. But we don't kink shame. You can have it. That's what you. That's what you're into. By all means, go right on ahead. But I'm okay over here.
0: <laughs> so, what have you like? Was there like any preconceived notions you had going into like really going into the kink world that you no longer have now, or? Did it just confirm everything you thought about the lifestyle in the community?
1: I think more what I found interesting was, like, the history. Like, when people actually know the history and they start breaking down, like, where stuff really started at, that's what I found really interesting. But as far as, like, other stuff, I kind of knew. Like, I kind of knew. It was more about actually getting the in-depth information and learning about the techniques and stuff where my interest really peaked. Okay, okay.
0: All right, people. Now, I didn't prewarn her about the questions I was going to ask on this interview. Right? Cuz you know, who wants to know what they're going to be asked? You want you want that raw shit. So we're about to get real raw. Cuz I'm about to I'm about to pose a statement. Oh goodness. That's going to be very controversial. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> So, one of the basic components of BDSM and kink is the collar, wrist, and ankle restraints.
1: Okay. Right?
0: The leash. Right? Right. So, as a black person coming into kink and BDSM when it has to involve the collar, the leash, the wrist and ankle restraints, which, here you go. Don't judge me. Has a strong symbolism to the lovely equipment that they use during the slavery era. Right. So I've always felt, and this is where I may get myself in trouble, but I always felt like there's a lot of things we do to reclaim stuff. Like we use to work, and I don't want to hear anybody who's not black say this, so I'm letting you know that right now. Don't get smart. So we use the word nigga as the way to take away the power of the word that was used against us for like for so long.
1: Definitely.
0: So I always go the reason why we take to BDSM and kink so much because of the a lot of the stuff that happens in BDSM and kink is very much so similar to the stuff that happened to us as slaves and it's almost I always feel like it's almost like we go <clears throat> it's almost like it's subconsciously taking it back. Like if you think about it If you're a black person and you're into getting whipped and you go, ooh, especially if you have a white partner, ooh, yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Deal with it. But if you have a white partner and you're into being whipped or spanked or paddled, you're into restraints, chains, collars, stuff like that. You know, is there that part of you that goes, I'm okay with this because this is of my choosing, and I have a decision in this. Or, here's where we get controversial. Is it you connecting to your slave ancestry? I don't oh. think it's connecting to slave ancestry. Okay. Here's
1: my stance on this. All right, let's, get, let's, let's, let's get let's, let's get Let's get it. Personal opinion. I personally feel like yes it happened in slavery that is a big part it's a lot of part it has a lot to do with i'm sorry why a lot of people of color don't want to engage in bdsm so i get that Mm -hmm. however a lot of shit that happened to us in slavery was kind of already around but they turned it around and made it a negative thing so if you apply that knowledge to bdsm Who's to say it wasn't around before? We weren't using it before in the way that we're trying to reclaim it now, but then slavery just fucked it up in the center.
0: I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So this is why I have her on the podcast, because she's smart, okay? <laughs> smart. Just, just because she's in the BDSM and kink doesn't mean she's not smart. She's very <laughs> smart, okay? But no, but that's one of the things I always thought about. I'm like, I'm like as a black person in the BDS, that's so weird. Just think about it, like, You know, because the the whip, you know, looks just like one of those whips. I mean, the shackles, you know. I'm like, if you really deep dive into it, Mm -hmm. there's some shit that's just, like, buried under the fact that you like to get your freak on. Exactly.
1: Absolutely, 100%.
0: Now, looking at it from that point of view, does it make you change how you see BDSM, or is it just another piece of the grand puzzle?
1: I think it's just another piece of the puzzle, because... It
0: shouldn't change
1: the way you view BS- BDSM because not everybody does that. True. Sure. Makes sense. Makes
0: sense. Not everybody does it. Not everybody does it in the same way. That's, that's, that's very much so true. <laughs> so segue, so you guys can unclench your butt cheeks now. because We're going to move <laughs> off this subject. I just want to touch on it for a little bit. How has BDSM and Kink kind of like changed you, how you view your own sexuality and your identity?
1: I don't mm, change is an interesting word, Um, or
0: adjust. Is adjust is adjust a better word?
1: Yeah, like it definitely adjusts some things because it's new. Like everything else, it's new. So, like if you've never done it before, you're you're going to adjust something, whether it's in a positive or a negative way, depending on how your experience went. So, I find that as I see myself in and out of BDSM community and, and spaces like certain websites or communities you kind of pick up and leave off stuff that like because you can go into it thinking okay I like all of this this stuff and then once you start having a conversation with people that are more knowledgeable about it who actually engage in that type of play you're like yeah I didn't know that part happened <laughs> so it's like it's always with the you it's good for you until you realize what other information or what other things are incorporated into it so naturally you have to adjust how you feel about it or how you go about it or how you engage with it. It's um, just being able to admit you don't know everything.
0: Listen people, I know we've read Fifty Shades of Grey, we've seen the two crappy movies, uh, you know we've read the other two books that came out. Don't let that fool you. Kink is very much so deep. And I always always feel like the best part of BDSM and kink is the exploration and the learning. Because even if you may not like a certain kink or certain fetish, it doesn't mean you can't learn from it and learn about yourself more.
1: Because you mentioned Fifty Shades. Uh Uh-oh. The best part is the negotiation part. Where they're actually at the table going over, okay... What's this? Oh, it's this. Yeah, you can strike that out. That communication, they should have stuck with that for the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the series because that's that's what it is. The communication is huge.
0: It's just like we talked about in one of the in, uh, one of the earlier podcasts. Communication is the best thing for those who are experienced, not experienced, looking to get into when it comes to BDSM and king. The communication will do more for you than the actual fetish itself. Because one of the hardest things I've learned about relationships is the communication part is always the hard part. It's always the hard part to kind of like sync up with your partner and kind of like communicate exactly what you want and what you don't want. But in the world of BDSM and kink, you have to have that communication because you don't want to ruin someone's experience with it. You don't want to upset anyone or have someone take something. To swear, right? There's people who like being smacked in the face. A lot of people who don't like being smacked in the face. So you could have one partner who loved it and you could think, oh, that's the shit. People just like getting smacked in the face. And you may smack a girl in the face one day thinking you want some old hot turn yeah, on shit. Then next thing you know, back. she <laughs> smacks you and she stab you and then police are at, the, at your house. And you got to explain it. So communication is very important. And like BDSM King forces you to communicate and, like, find that common ground that both of you can negotiate and agree on, which, if relationships just had that standard guideline itself, there'd be a lot That's less better. issues, and it'd be a lot better. Um, if you don't mind telling us, what are... And I know you don't know, like, the proper terms, but what are some of the kinks that you found that have been more to your personality and style? I'm
1: huge. I have voyeurism. Huge.
0: For those who don't know what voyeurism is, if for some reason you don't know what voyeurism is, that is someone who likes to watch other people who engage in play.
1: No, I'm in voyeurism from like all angles. So I will be watched. I will watch other people like it's a thing. It's a huge thing. It's almost like an exhibitionist. Yes. Okay. All right.
0: Absolutely. Do you know why or is it just just something just something unconsciously that just sparks for you?
1: I mean, sex is an art so when you look at it from the BDSM, like it's like changing the lens on your fucking camera. when you look at it through a different lens, everything looks differently. So like, it's an
0: awesome lens. I just... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if you watch porn, then you can understand. You can relate a little bit. And I always go, if you like being watched, it is something about a boost to your ego when people are watching and are entertained and are getting off on you as you're in your...
1: That, as you're in your element. Yeah. Not even paying attention. No. I don't know you exist right
0: now. Listen, I don't care what anybody tells you. If someone is watching you and play with your partner or play with yourself or whatever have you, and they get off on you getting off, that's a big ego boost. Because that is just like, oh, see, I know I'm that shit. And this just proves I'm (laughs) that that. shit. Yeah. It's great for the ego. It's great for the ego. It's huge for
1: the ego.
0: I feel like that's why a lot of people do OnlyFans. All right? Let's be honest. Mm. Because a lot of people, let's be honest, that boost... Of those guys willing to give you money just to watch you, not even touch you, but just to watch you, that's like that's like someone paying me to stay at home and do nothing. I'm like, oh, I'm the, I'm the shit. I can just stay at home and collect money. Shit, you can't even get better than that. Mm-hmm. So, besides, what what else besides voyeurism has caught your caught your attention?
1: I do handcuffs
0: and ankle cuffs. I haven't tried um,
1: the ropes. Shibari. Shibari.
0: But I love looking at photographs of shibari. Shibari looks so be- when done right, looks like Amazing. artwork.
1: Amazing. Looks like fucking looking artwork. Great.
0: So we gotta add that to our list of photo shoot ideas. Let's book. That's dope. A dope shibari idea. Shibari. Now. Did you start your adventure in the Kinky BDSM before, like, really get into it? not talking about your previous stuff you did when you were younger, but, like, did you really get into it once you met your current partner, or were you dabbing in it before you met them?
1: If you're including stuff like Impact Play, I've been dabbing into it for a while. So I not, probably started with impact play. So impact play, temperature play, um, cutting, not skin, outfits, or lingerie. Cutting
0: clothes, people. Calm down. Gotta
1: be specific. Yes. <laughs>
0: now, was your partner always into BDSM and King, or did he start the adventure because... Of me. Of you. How? How is that? Because BDSM is really different when you're like bringing someone, and they're learning
1: it's more of a like you learn with me type of situation so like yes I was already kind of into it and I knew some of the terminology and techniques and things but then it's different when you have to then uh communicate that to somebody else especially if you want them to do it to you (laughs) so it's like it's a two-part conversation because then I have to explain to you what is happening and then I have to explain to you why you have to do it in a certain way.
0: Now, do you feel like this journey has changed the dynamic or the nature or brought you guys closer in your relationship?
1: Yes. 100%. It has the, it has the capacity to do that.
0: It's always good when you can find something that both of you can get into and then it like, makes things better.
1: Yep.
0: It, it makes your BDSM experience a lot
1: better. Definitely, 100%. You, well, because control. You're not going to give all your control to somebody that you don't trust, so you kind of have to have that, that foundation first.
0: You hear that, people? Foundations first. That is the difference between having a successful play experience and then having one that ruins you for everything else. That's always like I always hear the story of they didn't listen to safe words or they were too rough or they just assumed that I like this or I wanted them to do that but they did It's 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 having that trust that the person gives you why communication is important because you know what they like and then they trust you that you do it mm-hmm. and you do it with some type of restraint or you listen to when they like they're ready to tap out you listen and let them tap out. it's a great foundation for relationship and it's a great foundation for play, which is why a lot of people who are in the BDSM and kink field have, like, these great relationships because you already have these foundations that are part of the side lifestyle. Jasmine and King Noir are,
1: like, amazing.
0: You can go look those people up.
1: Please do.
0: I, um, I follow a bunch of people in the industry and I always, like, I always go, you know... People who are in the in that field, their relationships dynamics are very different. They can be poly, they can not be poly, they can be open, they can not be open, they can be very monogamous, but their relationships seem to blossom a lot more because the basis of everything has to come with that foundation and communication. And that's one of the things that people always complain about in like regular relationships mm-hmm. is my partner doesn't talk to me or my partner doesn't listen or my partner doesn't tell me what he wants or my partner doesn't ask me what I want. But if you already have that foundation there, you know, it has to be like a monumental fuck-up if a relationship goes south. Right. Like, you really have to put effort...
1: Into the fuck-up.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Well, thank you for sitting down with this interview. This was... how, how, How was it?
1: It was awesome. Do, do, Thank do you, you very much.
0: Do you see yourself doing one of these one of these lovely little podcast things? Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna show her how to do it, and then we're gonna get into it. And you guys are gonna have to follow her. But before we go, promotion time! Tell the people where they can find you and all this lovely new work that you're about to be posting.
1: It's gonna be at Mrs. Rhea Speak. So M R S R H E A S P E.
0: A-K-S And that's on Instagram?
1: On Instagram, all lowercase, no spaces.
0: And if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know I'm going to post the pictures up. I'll tag them. Rhea is like the best Chucky that I've shot with. I I gotta go back and find those pictures. Those pictures were so dope. She had, had, like, the wrap tar and the shirt and everything. Um, All you needed was the converse. Yes, all you needed was the converse with the untied laces, and we would have been...
1: We would have been money.
0: We would have been been cool. But, um, yeah, so please go support her. You know, she's getting back into it. You're also starting to shoot. When will we we see your photography page pop up? Oh,
1: I don't know.
0: We're putting that pressure on you now. Now now we're putting you on the spot for that. So when she first (laughs) wanted to shoot, she asked me what camera should she get, and so I suggested the camera I used to use when we first started shooting, because it's like very easy and you know very user-friendly. I got the upgrade of it, but like the one I was using I used for a long time. It got some real good work. So I know. You so saw any girls want a female photographer or help a female photographer out? You know, please message Rhea. You know. Come see me. Come see come come see her. She needs to get those hours in. She needs that experience so we can get it popping. But is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners before we call it a day? Today
1: shoot was amazing. <laughs> this interview was amazing. I'm so glad yeah. I did this. This is what days off are made for.
0: <laughs> Listen, y'all know how many times we tried come to reschedule shoot, this.
1: Come shoot with either of us.
0: Huh? I like I like see 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 that? Yeah. Synergy. Synergy. Either one of us or both of us at the same time. You have that yes, option too. We can
1: do that.
0: We'll do it we'll do a two person shoot. So, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have fun. We will see you guys on the next episode and hopefully she will see you on her first episode. We're going to work on we're going to work on that.
1: We will work on that. That's we'll get like. some ideas out there.
0: Check you guys later. Have Peace. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening to the podcast, today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I hope you got some information. And if you didn't, it's okay. Because the next one may be for you. And if not, check back again. Because the next one after that may be for you. In other words, stay tuned. Because trust me, something will catch your attention. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Kink. Check you guys later.